Hey, I'm Tyler Olson. The show is Money Mediator. Our emotions can have a big impact on our financial decisions. The goal here is to insert an objective view into the process, a mediator between you and your money. Today, we're applying this to the family budget. Our episode is Family Budgeting Tips for Four Stages of Life. What emotions can get in the way of making and sticking to a budget? And what practical steps can you take to do this? I have a guest today to help talk about this. My wife, Kendall. Hey. Hey. Thank you so much for being on the show. Mm -hmm. In addition to being my wife, Kendall is the producer of this podcast. And so she has been instrumental in all of the creative and practical aspects of its development. Now, we're going to go back and forth about how we've handled a budget over the past 12 years or so. Um, But we're going to be addressing four different stages of life. First, when you're young and newly out on your own, you're in college or just out of college, starting to manage a budget with a partner. The second is those who are employed, working for somebody else, and this would apply to people of all ages. Third, having your first child, or planning to have a child, the baby's on the way, or you already have a child or more, and you need a better budget. And then the fourth aspect, starting a business or if you already have one. Uh, So this could also be at any age uh, of life. And if you want to skip to one of these topics specifically, you can go to the show notes where we'll have put in the time code for each section, so you can just go there directly. That's right. So, uh, and please note before we discuss this, nothing discussed in this episode of Money Mediator should be construed as investment advice. So again, today's episode is Family Budgeting Tips for Four Stages of Life. Now, Kendall, I wanted to ask you to explain our history a little, you know, what's relevant to this discussion. First time, we've walked through a lot of different circumstances and the world has changed and expenses have increased in a lot of areas. So just the time itself that we're talking about um, has been helpful. We've moved, I counted, we've moved 13 times. That's a lot. Um, (laughs) So a new, for us, a new... um, apartment or house means usually new neighborhood, new, um, you know, stores, access to what you need, that changes. So new budget, at least 13 times, I know it's been double that easy. Uh, we've lived in small towns. We've lived in a big city. Um, our access to different things has changed. We've lived abroad, which that makes you learn so much about a budget and learning the value of things compared to your income. Then that's relevant to anybody, no matter where you've lived. Um, We've had our first baby. Um, We've lived on parental leave, which was a super tight budget. I've had different jobs, been employed, been self-employed. I've helped you to move a satellite business to a new state. I've assisted in starting a business. Um, That's the experience we're bringing into this conversation, aside from just the financial planning background. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing. So with that in mind, Let's start with the first phase. Um, Essentially, you're starting your own budget. You know, when you're young and just out of your home, perhaps you're in college or just out of college, and maybe having to make a budget with your partner for the first time. So um, this, this can apply to any of these circumstances. And the common thread for all of these circumstances is not really having a grasp on cash flow, money coming in, money going out, don't you think? 
Yeah, and the cost of living, if it's because from our experience, it was being newly married. Um, the cost of living as two people um, is just, it's always going to be different. And now it's always going to be more, even on your one half, than when you were on your own, yeah, <laughs> just one true. person. <laughs> um, and also all those little expenditures that you have in your own place and just from having this like partner in your life. Um, and little incidental things like, do you know how much a fire extinguisher costs? Like, yeah, <laughs> like just you, you think you're going to go on a trip and just get these essentials for your house. And there's just it really adds up. Yeah, there's always something new that you didn't think of. And then there's like, you know, other new expenses that are really high, like rent mm -hmm. or health insurance premiums. Mm -hmm. When those first hit your bank account, yeah, you're like, big. wow. <laughs> so. With this in mind, what emotions do you think get in the way? Stress. I remember the first conversation we had after being in our place for a while. And I remember being like super freaked out um, just because I felt like I had a handle on like what it was going to be like with money, but I, I really didn't at all. And that's a terrible time to talk about money is when something goes wrong the first time to then be like, let's have a conversation. Um, was not a good idea. Yeah. I remember having a very flawed view of cash flow coming in because I remember after our wedding, we had gotten some gifts, you know, including some cash. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is a lot of money. But then within like two weeks, it was all gone. And I was like, <laughs> where did that go? Um, so I got, I think I got, I had a sense of feeling calm, like, oh man, we've got this money. And I had this false sense of security because I didn't really understand how quickly that money was going to go and where it was going to go. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, definitely. So, like, what practical steps can you think of that could help people to avoid this these types of problems? Well, I think what we ended up doing and what would have been great to do ahead of time would be to write everything down on paper. I think I color-coded at the time to make it more clear mm -hmm. what your expected expenses are to have like a, a clear number in your head, then look at your income, compare these numbers, and then you can figure in some more variable expenses if necessary, or like some extra spending money, or ideally some money to save, or maybe that money will be going to pay on off debt. I know that's coming up in a future episode, which one of those things is more important. Yes, you know. definitely, we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, write it all down when you're calm. Yeah, there's a lot of things that uh, that we didn't do, but like, like we knew like what the rent was, um, but yeah, it really came down to like sitting down and feeling relaxed and talking it all out, making cuts. Um, another thing that I remember us doing was having like a cash system. Mm -hmm. So this can be done in a variety of ways. The most common way I've heard of is envelopes, like where people have different envelopes for different uh, sets of expenses. So you have like a grocery envelope and then you have a like a gas or a, you know fuel envelope. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was quite tedious, but it really did force us to be honest. Yeah, well, I think we went down to just like cash on the counter. Or even one envelope, whatever it was. Yeah, no, we we got rid of the multiple envelopes. Yeah, but you can commit to like taking out cash at the beginning of the week, and then that's it. That's there for you. That's yeah. good if you need to be strict. Yeah, and I agree. Writing everything down that is really helpful because then it's easier to see what needs to be cut. And when you 
when you are writing down a lot, and if you're writing down a lot of things that are in the same category, you might realize that you really need to cut something in a particular category. So yeah. I found that to be helpful. Yeah. Um, I was thinking too, you can usually foresee slow money times. And by that, I mean, if you're not at a job where you're getting a consistent monthly paycheck, that's always, you know, the same. Um, like the first thing that comes to mind is like seasonal work where like something's really busy a certain time of year and then it kind of slows or like being a server at a restaurant. Like, I guess you could possibly look at the year and you could have a good guess mm -hmm. as to when you're making more and when you're making less and adjusting your budget accordingly so you don't get to those slow times and feel like really behind. Yeah, no, that's that's a really great thought. Um, what other emotions do you think get in the way? Envy. What do you mean? Um, <laughs> so social media is our, our world, especially if we're in that like, well, I think for everybody. But especially for in the like that like eighteen to thirty five range, and our spending is influenced by social media that portrays a certain type of lifestyle. We might like to think this does not affect us, but it it does. Because why do you think they have ads on there in the first place? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, keep running with this. What what sort of steps do you think a person could take to overcome these emotional problems? I think just going back to writing down everything is important. So those, maybe those things that you impulse spend on, those will be written down and you can see it. And then after that, I would, I would say to rein in your social media use, maybe you need to like purge what you're following. Mm. Because if you're in a situation where for a set amount of time, you need to stick to a really strict budget, that's what you have to do. And, and now I'm going to get really dogmatic and say, you should never click ads about making extra money or budgets or help with money. Um, I feel like that's something where you need to stick to someone you trust, mm -hmm. but you know, or click away if you want to, hey, but to it's, just, it's safe. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's merit. I agree. Um, I think embracing buying secondhand is a good way. That's really easy to do now with apps and stuff like that. Um, what about, can I talk about something about how other people could help yeah, younger no. people? Yeah, okay. So if you know someone getting their first place, I remember like so many things, but I think, I think it was your sister gave us like a little box when we first moved in with like rubber bands and scissors and pencils and just like stuff you have in your junk drawer, but that you need mm -hmm. around the house. And this doesn't really apply now because I'm thinking like who uses highlighters now. So, <laughs> so like fast forward to now, maybe just like getting them some cleaning supplies, grabbing some of those like plastic laundry baskets, a broom, um, just like really practical stuff so that their expenses don't add up. You could give them some food, whatever. Just expenses add up. That's a great thought because, yeah, well, you said it. I don't need. I don't need to add to it. <laughs> so, um, but then I know you had there, there was another emotion, you know, that applies specifically to couples. Yeah. So don't be overly sensitive. That's really easy to do. Don't place blame. So when you're looking at this budget, there's going to be one person working more or one person making more or maybe the person who's working um, and then another person working less, but they're doing most of the spending. Just like don't, don't do, don't bring that in. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. What things could, what, what things would you suggest yeah, people do? Yeah, so um, just don't place any blame. Write everything out. If you like to make charts, you could enter it into a computer and like look at the chart. And if it's clear to you like, oh, like this is kind of on me 
don't like be the person blaming the person but also like if it is you just be humble and be flexible and you know accept it yeah yeah i like having having something like that where like a couple they're they're looking at it in fact i've from my from my own experience helping others with planning having that third unbiased you know plan or program <laughs> it can be really helpful because now you're not you're not like looking at each other you're looking at the numbers and they're both mm-hmm. saying the same thing and it can help you to and you won't get into a fight in front of them hopefully hopefully not. <laughs> yeah hopefully not yeah 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 that's true so to talk about it with someone there and that could be you know that's what you do it could be you but it just anybody it could be anybody mm-hmm. um that helps out with this sort of thing with managing money and budgeting um if it, it's really sensitive that could be very helpful keep it keep it civil yeah well, oh, great ideas. Thank you. And now let's move on to the second phase of life that we're going to discuss. And that's if you have an employer. So this could be anyone of any age and might overlap with other phases of life that we're discussing today. You have an income. Uh, it's fairly regular. Perhaps it's it's either weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly. And, um, you know, you've been at a job for any length of time, you have a relative idea of what money is going to be coming in. So that's that consistency, of course, is mm-hmm. very good. But so, um, what emotions get in the way in this, in this stage? Well, I think if you have an employer, you know, and you feel there's a sense of like you don't have full control of your employment situation, you you might be afraid to ask for a raise if you feel like you deserve it, or you know, going for whether you want to go to go for a promotion or not self-doubt, um, thinking about what your boss thinks of you, what their opinion is of you or their reaction if you were to ask for a promotion, mm. all that fear might paralyze you. Mm. So what do you, how do we navigate this problem? Well, it's really important to continually evaluate your skill set, evaluate your experience, and you know, really try to find sources of encouragement, um, you know, talking out details, uh, with uh, with your partner or trusted friends, because even though you don't have your own business, your career is in your control in terms of like what skills you have and your experience, and and trying to quantify what that is in terms of salary and benefits and perks at your job. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, uh, there was there was one point at which I was providing support. Uh, to a fairly new startup and I was helping with some accounting and with uh, inventory setup warehouse management and I was given a set compensation we had an agreement initially and uh, that worked for a few months but as time went on I realized that I was providing much more value than I was being compensated for well and you were kind of creating a new job at the same time Right, yeah. Within their organization, there there was there were needs to be filled that weren't being filled. They didn't have a specific job for it, and so I was, yeah, yeah. That's right. I was creating a new role, mm-hmm. and I needed to take a step back and evaluate myself, what I was bringing to the table, and how I could justify a raise. And so I, after I did that, I went and I spoke with uh, with the owner, and I got the raise that I wanted. Um, but it was only after taking those practical steps that I was able to do that. So do you think a lot of people 
continue to do more and more and use more and more of their skills still staying at the same position with the same pay? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that do that. I think the fear of the opinions of, of those who are in charge or just a lack of confidence in what they can do or what they bring to the company can hold them back from getting more. Mm. So that that's what I think. But what do you do you think there's other emotions that could cause trouble here? I think peer pressure and I'll explain what I mean. Um which is maybe I had have been in a circumstance before where I was working in an office where other people spend were spending more than me or were able to, I guess whether or not they were able to, I don't know, but they were spending more than me. Like for example, ordering in lunches delivered and I could not drop $20. It would be more now I'm sure on lunch delivered on a regular basis. It was just not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, or I was thinking to like, maybe your coworkers like really like to go out after work and that could be just a giant issue if you're on a strict budget or if you're trying to pull back on your spending. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I think it's pretty common. I mean, you want to be able to unwind after work and, you know, you establish relationships with people at work. So that's a natural tendency mm-hmm. that could, you know, that could cause issues. So what practical steps do you think would help? I would say just don't be bitter about it. Like if they're getting food in or doing like some activities or spend, I don't know, just stuff like that. Just be nice about it and don't, yeah, don't be bitter. That's what I think of. Um, stay positive and just be like, I brought something, you know, and just get some self-control there. But don't be pouty about it. It, you know, it stinks, but that's just life. I was thinking too to take advantage of the perks that are offered to you in the workplace if hopefully you have some um don't overuse them of course but at the same time like i had coffee provided and it was great like we had great options so like don't spend five dollars on a latte on your way to work like use what is provided Mm -hmm. and you know, maybe there's other, I'm sure there's other stuff too. And I got that too, but I just use those things that are there for okay. you. All right. And, uh, what, what other emotions can you think of that could be a problem? Well, the other thing we talked about was being afraid to ask for something that you need. And this is as far as you need it to do your job or you have a new task and like something would make it much more efficient. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a time where I needed certain software or a certain tool to use or like having an external hard drive because my job had kind of changed and I needed to to get that. Yeah. So what what should somebody do in that situation? You need to ask for it and argue for why that is that you need it. Maybe the person over you, maybe they just forgot about it. They could say, no, that's not a big deal. You might need to negotiate for something. I don't know, maybe if you've had to do this in previous job, like previous situations where maybe there was like software tool you needed and you had to yeah. ask for it because they're paying for it. Uh, actually in that same, that same role that I had, um, I needed to, in order to effectively do my work, I needed a better accounting software program mm-hmm. and it was more expensive, but if they wanted it to accomplish what they asked for, they needed to do it. And so I had to, I did all the research so that they didn't have to, and then I showed it to him. I laid it out. Um, but yeah, it was it was a little tough. But I, I realized if if they 
if I'm going to meet their expectations, mm -hmm. I need to ask for this tool. Mm -hmm. So, but it worked out. And that could affect your pay down the road, a promotion, but also in little ways, if it's not like big expensive software, I think where I was coming from too with thinking about my position was don't spend time working off the clock or spend some of your own money to do your job. Oh, <laughs> definitely good. don't so, do that. Yeah. So that like, yeah, ask for it if you, if you need something. All right. Great thoughts. All right. Now let's get into our third phase of life, okay. which is having your first child. <laughs> yeah. uh, either you're planning or the baby's on the way or the baby is, you know, with you now. It's here. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there, you know, we, there could be a lot of uh, people in this phase. Yeah, for sure. So what, what emotions did we talk about before? Well, I think the biggest thing from a practical standpoint is unknown expenses. Boy, like you have just no concept of what things you're going to have to buy and how often you're going to have to buy them. Like mm -hmm. just miscellaneous things you put to, even mm -hmm. if you put together a budget, it is going to get destroyed. It feels mm -hmm. like where yeah. you just don't know what's coming and like it's a totally new experience things. and impulse buys. I think that's a big deal. When oh you're yeah. Cause you want, you want nothing but the best for your baby, <laughs> you know? So you're like, Oh, well, I and see you that. Aren't sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> so what, what steps do you think can help navigate this unknown? I think talking with good friends who have recently been, through that process yeah, re recently yeah recently because Very obviously recently. you know the cost of living changes dramatically over time and so it's good to talk with people who have recently had a child it gets you an accurate picture of what sort of items are good but also what items are a waste of money mm -hmm. i thought yeah that that yeah, is really definitely. helpful and things change that people buy so i think like really i mean really recently yeah had a kid yeah right <laughs> um yeah, that was very important. Yeah. What else can you think I, of? Yeah, I was thinking, so here in the U.S., my impression has been, like, you do a registry, there are, is a baby shower, maybe there's more than one. So be care, be thoughtful about how you do this registry situation. There's much better tools now that, like, pull mm. items from a bunch of different websites and give a cash option. But just don't, like, register because people want you to register. I feel like with our wedding, that's what I did. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, really think about what you're registering for. And, like, do you want this? Do you need this thing? Um, use the situation in your favor. And don't, like, just get things that you really think you'll need. Cut out those trendy items that you're seeing on Instagram, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you might want them initially, but then maybe, like, cut those things out, those waste of money items, get your friends to help you out, and use that in your favor because, like, people are really generous, and you could get those things you really need and then some cash to have and save for those incidentals. Uh, the other thing is, um, like, diapers doesn't have to be such an unknown, I realized. Mm. I thought it would be, but it wasn't so much because there's a lot of just, like, little images online about diaper usage per month. And I thought I found them to be pretty accurate. Yeah, so I did too. use that so you know what to expect. Um, stay off things like Pinterest <laughs> if you are able to. That promotes a lot of things too. It's really less is more with a kid, I found. And... 
I, we still have a lot of things for him. Um, but there's really just really, really basic things you need right away. And right now with the internet and with Amazon and delivery, you can get things you need quickly if need be. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, be thoughtful. Yeah. You know, one thing you mentioned diapers earlier. This reminds me when um, when our when our boy was like I think seven or eight months old, um, we were gonna need to buy more diapers, and he was moving up in size. Mm-hmm. And a good friend of mine, he called me and he said, "Hey, I just was at the I was at the store, and for some reason they were overstocked on size four diapers, <laughs> and uh, you have to buy a huge quantity, but oh. like." He was just getting into that size, and so I think we bought something like, I don't know, something like a thousand diapers <laughs> or something like that. Anyway, my point is that if yeah. you can buy in bulk, mm-hmm. and it makes sense, you know you're going to use all of it, mm-hmm. you can you can reduce your costs. Yeah, so that's a good thing sure. to do. For sure. And uh, the one other thing I thought of, too, was if you're able to make food ahead and throw in your freezer when for when after the baby's born, that that's awesome. Or just... For everyday living, if you know kids are already here, um, though that helps because when you get in these situations where like stress is high and sleep is low, um, you won't be blowing money on delivery. We were not in a situation where we could get food delivered, but I know that if I was, I would have so been just blowing money on that oh, because yeah. it's <laughs> life's crazy. So yeah. yeah, I would plan ahead with the meal situation, simple. Maybe throw stuff in the freezer. Things you can eat with one hand is super awesome. Yeah, and uh, if you guys, if the you uh, guys aren't uh, getting the clue, uh, I feel like I was able to. It was it was really within my hands to do a lot of that. Like if I if I thought about it and I communicated with you, I could help a lot with mm-hmm. meal planning because obviously you were spending a lot more time taking care of him than and, I was. Yeah, super helpful. And think yeah, thinking ahead. Getting your brain to take that part of that mental load yeah. saves money. Definitely, definitely. All right, well, now let's talk about the last phase of life that we're going to discuss today, and that is starting a business or perhaps you already have your own business. Obviously, budget is an issue here because whether you're starting a business or have one that's in existence, there's a lot of cash that's needed in order to get things going, to pay for the tools, the software, the infrastructure, whatever it is that you need for your particular business. And if it's your business, all of the responsibility is also on your plate. And that just, there's just a lot to deal with. So what, like, what emotions here are maybe pushing people to make bad decisions? Well, if you're starting a business, you're scared. You're, you're afraid of failure. Um, and perhaps it's difficult to have a a really clear business idea with all the details thought through. So it takes time to develop that idea. Mm-hmm. So what but, do, what do you do? Well, you have to talk a lot. You know, it's it's good to get, it's very important to get your family on board, and you have to communicate ideas. You have to hone what it is that you're that you're wanting to accomplish with this business. Mm-hmm. I know for us, we talked for months mm-hmm. before yeah. I established the business that I have now, um, in order to make it a real thing. And I found it to be really helpful to just listen to you. Mm-hmm. And if you asked me questions or you made suggestions to not take it personally, like you were trying to be you know, a devil's advocate, so <laughs> yeah. to speak. What about this? What about this? 
you have a plan for this. Yeah, and you it, you weren't asking because you thought it was a bad idea. You were just trying to test the metal mm-hmm. of the idea, mm-hmm. like to see whether it would really work and what adjustments needed to be made. And so it was really important for me to view you in that moment as like a colleague, like we're business partners. I mean, essentially, that's what we are, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a lot yeah. of ways. And you, know, if you're starting your own business, you should really ask your partner if you if you have a partner to, or like close friends that you're engaging to to throw questions at you to help you to evaluate your idea because you want it to make its way through fire so that it you know when the business is actually going and money is on the line that there's a very good chance of success. And um, yeah, that's true. And you you ended up with a really solid idea in place. Yeah, um, it was worth it. So what about is there another issue? Yeah. Well, the business budget starts out as it's the same as the family budget. And this this can be true if you've already started a business too. Like a, after it's been established, perhaps mm-hmm. the business budget kind of blends with the family budget. Um, if you are the business owner, it's very, very likely that you'll feel the need to manage both budgets or and even micromanage that money. Mm-hmm. And that can cause issues because... You're the one that is running the business and perhaps you're like cutting yourself a check and, you know, it goes into the personal budget. What is your partner's role? I think that there's a lot of potential for emotional issues there. And like viewing it like it's yours, not theirs. Right. Yeah. That's, and that, that's a major problem. So how do you, how do you suggest navigating that issue? You have to build trust in one another. You have to delegate you have, and you need to do this early on in the business planning process because your family budget, your relationship with your partner, it all has to be cohesive. So communication and doing it when you're calm and treat it like a business meeting. And then, of course, because you're a family, you also need to know when to shut down the business mm-hmm. talk because yeah. you got to be able to put it away and live your life. Yeah, I think like having notes about what you want to talk about because if a business is involved... It's not weird to have a list of things and then to be like, hold on, we're off topic. Yeah. Let's circle back to this. And it kind of gets focus, gets the emotion out of the way, and then you can stop and you're done. Yeah. <laughs> it's clear. Yeah. Yeah. I totally um, agree. I was thinking too, like if you, so say we're talking about a family situation, one person running a business, one person doing something else. If you've decided that your money is joint money, Mm-hmm. You have to accept that. Maybe like regularly look back and be like, I accepted that. It's joint money. It's joint money. If you've committed, stick to that. Don't make the other person now feel like you're going back on what you said. Like it's joint money. Yeah. No, that's that's a really good point. Just because you're starting a business, that doesn't change earlier commitments that you've made in your family. Now, one other thing too I thought of is that like business owners, you are so busy. Um, and I... I, I'm, I'm a business owner too, so I understand this concept of feeling like like you, having the time to do all this is really difficult. Um, I help I help people with with their businesses, um, you know, to varying degrees. Like some people, they need more hands-on help. Other people, they just need a sounding board. Um, having a guided discussion where you sit down. And you can have just like a straight talk discussion about your business and the ideas 
developing them and making sure that you're on track. Um, I've helped a lot of people with that. I, this is like a you know minor plug to my own business, but you should do this whether it's with me or another business advisor. It can be a great help to making sure that you're making the most of your time and your money to pour into this pro into this job that you're doing. It's hard to stay on task, like yeah, and think through the budget just sitting there on your own. Yeah, your own like <laughs> yeah, and like like having just combating your own thoughts mm. that can be really challenging. <laughs> so having someone to bounce the ideas off of is really really helpful. Even just planning out your budget, just yeah. getting that set up. Yeah, yeah. So that's. That, that can be really helpful, too. Mm. Well, that's it. We've discussed family budgeting tips for four stages of life. Thank you so much, Kendall, for joining me. It's, I mean, we've we've gone through a lot together, and it's nice to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah, how we did it. Yeah, and how we, it's a All good reminder, details. too, to make sure that we keep doing it. Yeah, in the <laughs> do it again. <laughs> yeah, because there will be new issues, of course. Oh, for sure. So if you liked this episode, found it helpful, please share it with others. Tell others about it. Um, if there's something that you'd like to hear us talk about, please get in touch and keep listening uh, for, for those future episodes. Now, next month, the first Tuesday, March 3rd, is our new episode. We're going to be talking about debt, which is often the key to owning a home, buying a car, and sometimes paying for everyday expenses, everyday purchases what emotions can trap us into making bad decisions and establishing bad habits. Uh, we will discuss this along with practical steps we can take to handle debt responsibly. Talk to you soon. Bye. Everyone needs a financial plan. Money Mediator, that's the show. Tyler Olson, that's me. Follow me on Twitter at Olson Planner. That's at O-L-S-O-N. P-L-A-N-N-E-R. Visit my website, olsonconsultingmi.com. If you want to talk more about any points I mentioned today, please get in touch for a consult. The show is Money Mediator. New episodes, the first Tuesday of every month. Subscribe now, wherever you get your podcasts, so you don't miss an episode.